Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and will increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 66. This is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the show at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, how did you fare over the Valentine's Day weekend? Well, uh, found some love. Had a great Ooh, time. A right. uh, little dinner date and a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy. And uh, took the night off from NCAA hoops and NBA. It was pretty mm-hmm. easy in that the schedule was really light and no NBA games, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. then got back to it on Saturday. Um, probably just lounged around most of the day Saturday. We were a little bit under the weather, so didn't get out too much. But on Sunday, we went over to Ann Arbor and caught the Indiana Hoosiers play against Michigan at the Chrysler mm. Arena. So that was a good time, except for the final outcome. (laughs) How was your? Not doing too good right (laughs) now. No, that was an ugly performance and uh, very disappointing to see that. So, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. A little bit of a surprise Valentine's Day quote unquote date. It was just a friend who had tickets to a concert. I guess their date backed out, so I'm the plan B. I was there for. Let's go to a concert. So we checked it out on on Friday. That was pretty cool. Obviously played some volleyball Saturday and then, you know, just kind of took it easy for the most part. Um, You know, watched a lot of college basketball, as we kind of discussed last week. Definitely saw, you know, the Ramblers take out you and I. We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, Saw some other games on Sunday. And then, you know, I didn't really watch the All-Star game. I know that the format was unique, which is kind of interesting. But I did... I did catch the end of like the three-point contest and stuff like that, the end of All-Star Saturday night, mm-hmm. which was here right here in Chicago. Uh, it did kind of take over. There were a lot of parties and such. I did not get invited to the common party, at least on the VIP list, and that was the only <laughs> way I was going to go, action. <laughs> VIP only. Um, but no, they had, I mean, Migos was playing, and you know, Rick Ross was playing. You know, you've met Janelle, right? Janelle yeah. from the football uh-huh. team. I follow her on Instagram. She made it into some a secret Rick Ross party on Sunday and met Guy Fieri and Flavortown and, uh, and all that stuff. It was just wild. Um, you know, Tao was, had DJ Khaled. There, it was just a lot of stuff going around town. I, I just wasn't in that mode. Uh, I, you know, Sophia was over. I wasn't going to, like, seek out the all-star action. But mm-hmm. certainly it was there to be had. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, and, and then just from a betting perspective, I've done pretty well lately in college basketball so feeling pretty good maybe not about the process but just just the good picks so far and really getting excited about march you know posted a, an article on Weg's pool about the bubble teams uh today actually kind of outlining 20 teams even got somebody who commented where's richmond i'm like all right i'll put them in next week but um so really digging into my college teams now and my process which I just love. I just I enjoy it. I digging into the bracketology between Joe Lenardi, Jerry Palm and you know, checking out Ken Palm every week and, you know, digging into the matchups for us, but also just kind of looking where teams are and kind of projecting my own field uh, for, you know, for March. So it's just really exciting time of year and the games are just getting better and better. I watched 
um, kind of had a little action moment where I had my laptop up watching one game and the phone at another game and was watching Kentucky beat LSU and then uh, Baylor was kind of pushed a little bit last night. Uh, Dayton was pushed last night, actually. Mm -hmm. They almost lost, but, you know, those teams are prevailing, so it's just fun to watch that. Uh, you know, college basketball is just a lot of parody, so it's just fun to watch, man. Yeah, definitely. What was your take on the dunk contest outcome Saturday night? Oh, complete bullshit. I mean, I, I don't know what Aaron Gordon did to not deserve a point yeah. or two. I had heard what they said anyway. The follow-up was they were trying to make them tie. Yeah. So somebody on the judges panel doesn't know how to count um, because they were trying to get them to tie. He was supposed to get a 48 out of 47. And then when they put the numbers out, they're like, oh, crap, he lost by one point. And so they were going to do like a joint. They both won or something, I, which is stupid. I mean, I thought the other kid was a pretty good dunker, but – I mean, yeah. Gordon is incredible, and um, and I mean, he used your guy, man, Taco Fall, dude. Yeah, he pulled yeah. out Taco from the from the uh, from the crowd. I mean, Taco made a Taco sighting, so he got screwed two times now, which is kind of crappy. But yeah, that was I, my take. I definitely agree that Aaron Gordon probably should have won, but I will say that the dunk over Taco could have been cleaner. If he had gone over Taco cleaner, yeah, yeah. it would have been hands down over. <laughs> You know, but he yeah, was, it sure. wasn't clean, and ultimately that cost him the title. Yeah, I know. Weird stuff, but that's fine. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the episode. Uh, now we've got very light touch again from, you know, this is kind of our format now. No real legislative updates this week, but we will talk about golf this week. Action's got some information here. Then dig into hoops. That's our main bread and butter now. Talk about last week, the action power ratings, um, a team of interest, and then the games of interest for this week. So pretty exciting stuff. Um, let's jump right into it, huh? All right. Sounds good. So Action's been trying to figure out a way to make some money on golf, and he's very excited about this WGC <laughs> event in Mexico. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I have been dabbling a little bit, mostly in matchups. I uh, Last year I did hit one outright winner early on in the spring season, but since then I've kind of really – Try to stay away from betting any outrights one and done as they call it in the golf gambling community um, those are <laughs> okay. long shots and the books take mm -hmm. quite a bit of heavy vig as they do with most futures bets so sure i've been trying to focus on matchups a little bit more frequently and can't really say that i dive too much into the numbers and look at greens and regulation or iron mm -hmm. percentages or uh uh, fairways off the tee or anything like that i know a lot of folks have very very intricate models mm -hmm. to uh, make algorithms for these golf tournaments but uh, i've been listening to some content and do some fair amount of reading and um, this week they are going to a tournament in mexico which is only the fourth time they've played this event in mexico mm -hmm. and the first okay. three were won by phil mickelson once and dustin johnson the other two times mm. so okay uh, it kind of lends itself to the bigger hitters. It's at a really high altitude, I think over 7,000 mm -hmm. feet at Club mm. de Golf Chapultepec, if you're familiar with mm -hmm. the area, Wegs. Chapultepec? Yeah. Uh, well, no, but I've heard Chapultepec. I've actually heard that term. Yeah, I've heard of that area before. I've never been there. And it is a smaller field, only 72 players this week, and there's going to be no cut. 
So there mm. is a fair amount of favorites that you've heard of that are sitting out, including Tiger Woods, Brooks Kepka, Cantlay, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, and Jason Day. But there's mm. a fair amount of good players that are in the field, too. I think Rory McIlroy is the heavy favorite, and I know mm-hmm. DJ's up there as well. And another big name sure. that has been catching a lot of money this week is Xander Schauffele. I think he mm-hmm. opened up where like 25 to 1, and he's been bet down almost to 15 or lower in the outrights. Mm. Interesting. So um, it is in Mexico, and I, I've looked at a couple mm-hmm. of matchups that I've lined up for this week, both kind of chalky, but I think that you're getting some good value with both of these guys. I'm taking mm-hmm. uh, Mexican native Abraham Answer at minus 130 okay. in a matchup versus Brant Snedeker. I think okay. that uh, Abraham, he hasn't played well the first couple of weeks of the season, but going back to Mexico, I think that he's going to have a little bit of more drive this week, and I expect that he'll beat Snedeker fairly easily. Nice. Um, What's the Snedeker side in that one, incidentally? Uh, do you... To be honest, I didn't really uh, factor him into the handicap. This is more oh, okay. just a play on answer. Uh, in golf yeah. matchups, a lot of the books will just pick the same matchups, and you'll see throughout um, different mm-hmm. sports books that these matchups are all the same, but the VIG right. does vary slightly from book to book. Sure, sure, okay. So uh, it's not like you can line up your own opponent, for example. I couldn't pick a, an opponent versus answer and get a price for that, although that would be pretty sweet. Right, <laughs> right. you got to look through the options they give you. These are like, like players that are in the similar ranking or something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then the other thing that I've read a lot about is how this course really sets up well for some of the Europeans. I think the way mm-hmm. that the grass and um, just the altitude and the course layout is very similar to some of the European courses that you would find on the European tour. So okay. another matchup that I've lined up is John Rahm, a Spanish mm-hmm. player, um, against Dustin He's Johnson. He's a bomber, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so is DJ, definitely, but um, John Rahm is pretty heavy price here, minus 140, and I think this Mm -hmm. one also is due to Dustin Johnson's lackluster play the last couple of weeks. Uh, He did not play very well at Riviera last weekend, and uh, I think a lot of folks are expecting Rahm to fare well this week. Yeah, Rahm's on the, you know, he's, he's definitely peaking, or at least in his career, he's getting better and better. The biggest thing with him is he he's known for his ability to completely implode mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's got he's a he's a fiery Spaniard, um, but maybe in this environment he can really carry the ball. I'm sure. I mean he can crush it. Him and Dustin can really crush the ball. So yeah, I mean that'd be awesome if he takes it down. I I do like him this year in the majors. I think it's kind of one of I mean it's not his year, but it's he was really good last year and close. And so he's one of those guys that I like going forward into the golf season that he could be a guy that would win a major this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully he can implode just as long as Dustin Johnson implodes a little bit more and then we'll be all good. <laughs> That's right. Well, this cool thing too, is there's no cut. So they've mm-hmm. got four full days to do it. When I've done these matchups in the masters or the U S open is usually when I do those matchups, you know, you pick the wrong guy, the guy's out after two days, <laughs> you're done, you know, it, it's early. Um, so this one at least gives you a chance where maybe he has one bad day, but he can come back and bounce, you know, for three straight days and and make it up. So yeah. that's awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, Action. We'll talk a little more about golf, I suppose, maybe the end of the 
the season. Or maybe if you pick up some more matchups. I know you've been targeting this this Mexican Open for a while, so um, good for you. Yeah, and I think we are going to plan on getting Cola on next week. I know he does a ton mm-hmm. of daily golf, so oh, does he? certainly could uh, talk to him about that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think he uses DraftKings. DraftKings is excellent. I've used it in the past when I do my golf stuff. They just give you a lot of good information, uh, you know, top 10 finishes, making cuts, and good information that you can use. You could probably use that to bet as well. Um, so I'll be curious to take his take and see what he says mm-hmm. next week um, for sure. It's awesome. man let's get in the bread and butter we got our hoops uh you know last week we did pretty well um we're still kind of hovering in that 500 range but just over this week uh we we first went you know we talked about west virginia and baylor baylor was six point favorite on our line i think it was about that actually when it went in um and west virginia is kind of hitting a little bit of a slide you know they we kind of talked about that on the show last week and it came to fruition where Baylor pretty much won easily in this one, 70 to 59. Um, it did not. Well, you guessed you had a push on the total for the game, but mm-hmm. the first half under definitely hit at 33-32. So almost a full sweep on that one for reaction. Yeah, I actually ended up on West Virginia myself, tisk tisk. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I uh, listen to me. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I, you know, I thought the Mountaineers would come out and play a little bit better after dropping a couple games mm-hmm. earlier in the week, and they certainly did not do that. And uh, this Baylor team has really been steamrolling their opponents as of late. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Baylor's playing great. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit later. They got their big matchup against Kansas this week, really for the conference championship effectively. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, you know, they're interesting. They're, we talked about them last week. They can rebound the ball, but they're they're really – not shooting enough (laughs) and against these better opponents they're just not getting it done and as good as their defense is Baylor put up 70 on them that's a lot of points for the West Virginia so Baylor's definitely a contender Um, we'll see them in the in the action power rankings Um, the next game was Purdue against Ohio State Um, this was you wanted to go over Uh, we talked about it Um, But hey, you know you you got to take your shot. But it, it indeed came under, and that was mainly your your Purdue team. They couldn't get it done in this game. They got housed, sixty eight to fifty two in this one. Yeah, you tried to talk me out of it, but I didn't listen. And uh, <laughs> of course, yet again, the Purdue offense did not show up on the road. And Damn, yeah, and really probably didn't need too much more out of them. They ended up landing on one twenty, and that total was one twenty eight. Um, Ultimately, the game was just not quite close enough to get some fouls at the end to help push it over. I think Purdue had a couple of fouls in the last minute and a half, but once the lead stretched out to 14, 15, 16, they ended up giving in and uh, stayed under the total. Yeah, and Purdue is one of those mysteries of science teams. Uh, They lost again this week to Wisconsin on the road, and they're at 14 and 13. I mean, their metrics are excellent, but I mean, Lenardi still has him in the field. I can't do it personally. Mm-hmm. I, I know that the Big Ten's excellent, but they got to win some games uh, to make this tournament. I think they're a really good defensive team, but, man, it's just tough sometimes offensively. It's weird because they had that two-game stretch where they were lighting it up, but now they're just struggling. So yeah. they got to got you know, got about two weeks, two, three weeks to get right. Um, it's like three weeks till the selection Sunday, but, you know, they got to really do it in the next couple weeks in the tournament, in their conference tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, their schedule does line up pretty well. They've got four games left. Michigan, Indiana, mm-hmm. and Rutgers are all at home. Definitely winnable okay. games. And the last one is at Iowa. So the team in the Big Ten who doesn't play any defense. And if you no recall, day, yeah. the Boilers beat them by almost 40 points the first meeting. So Oof. certainly an Let's opportunity see. for them to notch a few more wins. Yeah. Let's see if they can boil her up here. The next game we talked about in action, it came through, man. The Ramblers of Loyola, they took out um, UNI. Northern Iowa was really a good team. I, I really enjoyed watching this game. Loyola came out kind of guns ablaze and were up big in this game. And then Northern Iowa kind of made a huge run to come back. And they they were right there in the end. But, you know, they forced overtime, which was kind of interesting. Like initially I thought Loyola had it in the bag. And then that one guy, I think his name's Jessup or something, he had a couple big shots and uh, forced overtime. But I don't know if it was in overtime or the beginning or the end of the regulation. I don't know if you saw the play where he got smashed in the face on the ground and he was bleeding everywhere he played through it but he probably shouldn't have and the offense kind of took a a nosedive in overtime and and Loyola 182 to 73 so good cover for me and and a good win for the Ramblers that pull within a game of the league lead in the Missouri Valley yeah I was watching a little bit in the first half and I think we texted a little bit Loyola was up huge I think their win percentage was almost over 80 percent the majority of the first half and even touched 90s towards the end of regulation. But you and I uh, tied it up, and they ended up going to overtime. And thankfully for you and I, uh, no pun there. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Action's got it rolling tonight. <laughs> you, uh, Loyola came through with the cover, and we got the cash. That's right. Get the cash. Another hit was, uh, you know, Missouri was playing against Auburn. Auburn uh, was four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. This Auburn team had been playing with fire, which we discussed on the podcast last week, and they got beat outright. Uh, now, Missouri is playing better, but Auburn just kind of – their magic ran out, and they lost pretty badly, 85-73 on the road. Yeah, this Auburn team is really just an aberration. Their record is now 22-3, and but somehow still ranked in the 30s of Ken Palm, and uh, I'm just going to be looking for more opportunities to fade them. I didn't get to them tonight, uh, or against them tonight against Georgia, but I'm kind of kicking myself looking at the score here now. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was definitely a, a good spot to bet against them, and uh, Missouri came through, and I certainly think there's going to be more opportunities for that going forward. Yeah, for sure. No question. Auburn, we talked about they're a bit of a mystery. They did get Coral back, who's a good player for them. You know, Georgia's got arguably one of the best players that in the country uh the freshman i can't remember his name off the top of my head let's see mm. if i can figure it out uh, uh the guard edwards. edwards edwards he's supposed to be you know right there with Obi um as one of the top picks in the draft but um they i mean they've been atrocious they're like one in seven in their last eight i think in the sec play so this would be a really bad loss for auburn actually but they're not one of my favorite teams anyway so we'll just mark that you know, mm-hmm. in the check them out in March column. Yep. Um, a game that I, again, tried to talk you out of, but you didn't listen to me, but I did win the bet personally, where the Aztecs went on the road to Boise State. Uh, they were five and a half point favorites. I think it was around, hovered around there, five and a half, six. Mm-hmm. And the total was 138. And this wasn't close. Uh, the San Diego State won again pretty easily, 72-55. When I was checking the game early, I was like, oh, good. They're up by 15-20. Like it's a rocking chair for me, 
Um, so what do you think about the Aztecs now? Uh, they're really good. <laughs> Malachi Flynn, the transfer from Washington State, is awesome. He scored mm-hmm. 22 points and shot four of nine from three-pointer and really kind of pulls the strings for that offense. And they're really putting together quite a season now, still unblemished on the season and mm-hmm. uh, vying for that number one seed. I sure hope they get one, but it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how that seeding shakes out between them and Gonzaga. It does. They have a huge game this week. You know, a little preview. I may go against them here, Action. We'll see if you can talk me out of it. But Okay. Uh, yeah, so the Aztecs, are they're incredible, and definitely hope they get that one seed. Really would like to see that. Uh, the last game we featured was Illinois at Penn State. Illinois had lost four straight. Penn State was rolling. They're the first time in the top ten in forever since 1996, and they laid an egg. They uh, got beat pretty soundly last night. Um, they really never, I don't think, they, they probably led early, but it was they were really down this entire game. Your guy uh, came back from injury. The, the guy I can't pronounce, DeSomo, uh-huh, and he, uh, he, was, uh, he was excellent. He scored, I think, 24 points. They won 62-56. Uh, Penn State made it close at the end of the game, but, you know, your, your guy, DeSomo, had that running. I don't know if you saw the runner. He had a nice runner in the lane mm-hmm. that kind of iced the game, and, and put out a reach. So Penn State, I did buy the future ticket. I got it at plus 2,500 uh, last weekend. Not feeling as good about it today, but maybe it was just a, a back step, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a tough spot for them. They had been on quite a streak, and uh, Illinois was definitely a team in need of a victory. So uh, they got it done last night. Dasun moved back in the lineup. He scored 24 points, and Penn State really did not shoot the ball very well, only 4 of 19 from distance, which has mm. definitely not been their character on this season. Uh, Miles Dredd was 1 of 8 all by himself, so that's mm. certainly not going to win you too many games in the Big Ten. No, no, definitely not. So, all right, well, let's go over the action power ratings this week. There's been a some change, it looks like, from what I can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of shakeup at the top. Gonzaga now at number one, and uh, they're actually dead even with Kansas now that I look at this a little bit more closely, down to the hundredth of a decimal point. That's pretty impressive to do. Kansas solidly number two and duke falls in at number three and then four is baylor so you've got a huge matchup this weekend between number two kansas and number four baylor and Mm -hmm. um, beyond them we've got san diego state at number five west virginia and dayton chalk up at six and seven and then the whole host of big 10 teams are right behind them with michigan state maryland and penn state all within about four tenths of each other so uh, gotcha. certainly going to be interesting to see how this Big Ten shakes out. Yeah, I mean, the Big Ten is going to be a bit of a bloodbath. That's going to be an awesome tournament, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, really, I think any team can win that tournament. I mean, at least one through eight or nine, at least. Uh, but, yeah, you've got some really good teams there. I just think what's not shocking about this is that West Virginia is still up there. And I know that the rebounding gives them an edge. And, I mean, they're still up there in Ken Palm, too. They're like seven, at least when I pulled it. Mm-hmm. They're really struggling, though. So it's just kind of interesting how the metrics don't quite respond instantly to certain teams. Um, sure. And the fact that they've jumped Dayton in the standing is just a little weird because a Dayton is just an awesome team. But overall, I mean, it's no surprise. This Kansas-Baylor matchup is just going to be a grudge match. So really looking forward to that game. Yeah, me too. It's going to be definitely a classic big 12 battle very uh, physical i imagine that's right 
One of the teams that's not in your top ten but that is rising with a bullet is your Creighton Blue Jays. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Blue Jays? Yeah, I was kind of looking for them after I ran my numbers this week and still find them down in about 30, if I recall, 27. And um, kind of figured that I might see them rise a little bit higher because they are just racking off wins lately. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now Mm -hmm. won four games in a row and eight of their last nine. And that includes wins at Villanova, at Seton Hall, and at Marquette. And um, they are certainly a team that is going to be reckoned with going into the tournament. Their three-point shooting is just bombs away. And um, they are now second in the Big East at 10-4. And and, uh, their Mm -hmm. offense is up to fourth ranked in Ken Palm. Well, Seton Hall's having a – they're kind of hitting the skids a little bit. I'm not sure what's going on with that team. But they're not playing as well as they were before, and so they actually have a chance to catch them if they keep playing the way they're mm-hmm. playing. But yeah, Creighton's fourth in offensive efficiency. That's really impressive. And they're getting enough defense. I mean, they're 82nd rank, which is not good, but they're getting enough. I mean, they look great against Marquette. They, uh, they had one player, and I, I'm sorry, America, that I'm not as well-prepared as I should be, but in watching the highlights last night, they had a kid, I think it was let's see alexander maybe tyshawn alexander yeah they had a kid get up in marcus howard all night and he could not get a shot off he didn't score in the first half last night so it seems like they at least identified one guy on the team that can shut somebody down (laughs) which is essential you know i mean they they just get a little bit of separation this team can score so i mean they won by eight at marquette I mean, Howard didn't score in the first half. That's the way to win. I mean, that's how you beat these better teams, you know, like Seton Hall with Miles Powell and everybody. So Yeah. Defense is not too shabby. 71st ranked. The reason that my numbers don't like them has to do with their terrible rebounding numbers. They're Mm -hmm. almost 300 on the defensive glass and even worse on the (laughs) offensive rebounding numbers. So the only way they're going to win in March is to get incredibly hot and just go bombs away, Mm -hmm. which they're certainly capable of. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's look at some games of interest here this week. Um, you know, obviously we're taping a little bit earlier this week so we can get some Thursday night games. You like one already. Ohio's actually, this is one I maybe I yeah. like too. Uh-huh. Uh, Ohio State is going to Iowa. Uh, we're listing Ohio State as a three-point underdog in that game. I don't know if that game's been posted. Is that an actual line? You know, it has been posted, and I forgot to look. Okay. Let me do that as you're talking. Let's take a look. So I like this game for two reasons. We've talked a lot about Iowa and how well they can score, but their defense isn't very good. The Buckeyes have been kicking ass, basically. They've won five of six. Wesson is playing really well, and I think that he can really match up with Garza, who's obviously the scoring phenom inside for Iowa. So I really like Ohio State to actually win this game outright in Iowa City, but if I can get some points, which we'll check what those are, then I'll definitely take the Buckeyes in this one. Yeah, it looks like Ken Palm's pretty close here, two and a half. Ohio nice. State is going to be catching on the road at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll take it. I think Iowa's kind of hitting a little bit of a slump, especially because, you know, they still don't play any defense. Yeah, they are really bad on defense. And uh, Ohio State is definitely coming in hot. Five out of six they've covered mm-hmm. as well. And a road victory at Michigan was quite a good performance. And on the flip side, though, you're looking at an Iowa team who's actually been really good on its home court, 9-2-2 two, two yeah, against the spread. So 
uh, kind of a tough spot, and I will be interested to see how the Hawkeyes bounce back. They did get a big win on Sunday at Minnesota going away, mm-hmm. which helped recover their little skid a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. the Garza and Wesson matchup is going to be fascinating to watch in this one. So ultimately, that one will probably decide the game. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that you pulled out another game for Thursday, the mid-major action here. You've got Vermont going to Stony Brook, and the Catamounts are they're a really good squad, but they dropped this game to Stony Brook early in the season at home, and you've listed Vermont as a five-point favorite on the road. Tell us why you like Vermont this time against Stony Brook. Well, these are the top two teams in the America East Conference, and mm-hmm. uh, Vermont is the team that has the more seasoned veterans in this one. Stony Brook did yeah. beat them the first time around, 81-77, but I think that the Catamounts are going to be looking for some pretty cold revenge in this one. Um, nice. Anthony Lamb and Steph Smith are the leaders on the offense uh, in scoring, but they've also got a big guy in Daniel Giddens who anchors the defense, and I think that uh, Vermont is going to be a cover this Thursday night. They're laying five, which was a little bit more than I had hoped for, I think three was the open, but I was not able to jump on that as quickly as I hoped. And I'm still happy to lay five in this spot with Vermont. Good. Well, you know, I part of what I do for the tracking for the tournament is track these smaller conferences, so I appreciate you doing a highlight on this one, and I did not highlight this game, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Catamounts have been one of those teams they always are playing for the conference championship. In fact, they're the team that first got snuck up. You remember, obviously, the – UMBC who beat yeah. Virginia and you know the 16 beat the one they had they had come back against Vermont in this conference title game so this AM East has a lot of really good teams so I think it's just gonna be a fun game to watch I like watching some of these there's there's one tonight that you know it'll be passed by the time this airs but you've got East Tennessee playing Furman tonight that's a really good matchup in the SoCon so thanks for looking at those mid-major games buddy yeah of course I always like to check out some of these mid-majors, especially when you have the top teams in the conference going off against each other. Those are always great matchups. Yeah, and somebody you'll see in March, likely one of those teams anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the next game is the big one. It's uh, Well, there's actually a lot of big games on Saturday, we'll say that. Uh, the first one is Kansas at Baylor. This is an early game. I think it's uh, 11 o'clock Central, 12 o'clock Eastern. So this is the battle for the Big 12, and Baylor hasn't lost a game since early November, mid-November, so can Kansas take them out? We're listing Baylor as a two-point favorite at home. Um, I personally like the Bears, and, I, and you know, Kansas is great. They definitely have the, the depth, but there's something about this Baylor team. They play really together, and I really like the way they defend. They defended Kansas excellently, of course, in Allen Fieldhouse. That was early in the year. Um, so I certainly could see Kansas winning this one, but I just feel like Baylor's the squad this year, and they're going to take out uh, Kansas. What do you think? Well, I can tell you that Baylor has been catching pro, um, pro money going against them every mm-hmm. single game, it seems, for the last mm-hmm. like three weeks. Every single night, the Baylor opponent is catching money, and Baylor has come through the door just smashing all this professional money. <laughs> they right. are... 17 and 8 now against the spread this season and but um interestingly only 6 and 6 at home against the spread which i mm. found to be very interesting and as you mentioned yeah. Baylor did win the first game in Lawrence behind 22 points from Jared Butler and 16 from Macy Oteague but mm-hmm. uh, i'm 
not sure if Teague is going to suit up this week. He's sat out the last two games with a wrist injury, and okay. everything I'm reading is that he's just completely unknown for uh, this game Saturday. And without Teague, I think you're looking at a little bit of a different Baylor squad, and it's certainly a tough ask for them to take out probably the number one rated team in the country in Kansas. Sure. So I'm going to be looking uh, to back Kansas in this one, and I think they're going to end up getting the victory outright. So I like Kansas on the mm. money line to even up the conference record with Baylor. All right. Look at this guy. Okay. Well, we'll go head to head this week. That's okay. Okay. No, and I'm not. We wouldn't be surprised if Kansas wins. Uh, I just, you know, there's something about this Kansas team. They're actually playing despite all these distractions, despite the uh, Snoop Dogg stripper poles and all this other stuff uh-huh. before the season. Um, I think it'll come back to bite them eventually, but maybe not on Saturday. I'm sure game day will be there and pumping up this game, so it'll be very exciting to watch. We've got another good matchup. Uh, Villanova's going to Xavier. Uh, Xavier's been playing some good ball as well in the Big East. They look like they're tournament ready. Uh, you're looking at the total, though, in this one. The, the overall total is 135, but you like the first half under at 61. Yeah, I, I've been eyeing this one and really looking at this Villanova team as an under team for most of the season. And um, they have really come through for underbackers. They're now 9-3 and three in conference games to the under. And uh, mm-hmm. Xavier is not too far behind them. They're eight, four, and one to the under in Big East conference games. And I mm-hmm. think when you look a little bit deeper, both of them are fairly moderate in pace. And when I'm playing an under, certainly in the first half, I always like to look at three point shooting. And as you know, Villanova is really good at three point shooting, but Xavier excels at three point shooting defense. They're 20th ranked. Okay. So I think that's going to be a big factor in keeping the scoring down in the first half. And uh, you look at the first game between these two teams, the first half yielded 57 points. So I expect this number to come around around 61, and I'm going to play it under in the first half. Okay. Sounds good. I like the logic. I don't know if I will play it, but um, I want you to get on the right side of this one, Action. Let's get you hot, man. The two more games on Saturday that are all West Coast games, and these are two really important games. First game, actually, is Oregon. Oregon playing at Arizona. Uh, Arizona we're listing as a five-point favorite against Oregon, even though the Ducks are the top of the Pac-12 right now. Arizona's better in Ken Palm. And when you look at their metrics, I mean, it may be they just don't have the guys who can close games or something, but they're kind of way better than Oregon. I mean, you know, Ken Palm's got them at 13th overall when I pulled the metric, um, whereas Oregon's down at 25. Now, Oregon can really score the ball. Obviously, Peyton Pritchard helps that, but that defense is – leave something to be desired. Um, I mean, obviously they're getting wins against other squads in the conference, but on the road, they're not quite as good. So I will definitely back Arizona in this spot. Hopefully they'll come through for me. And actually that they'll jump up to practically a share of the Pac-12 first place at that point, if they get this win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a good spot for the Wildcats and really a kind of a must win if they're looking at any sort of, uh, Pac-12 championship here and uh, mm-hmm. Pac-10, whatever they call it these days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I do think that Arizona has the team that can match up with Oregon. When you're talking about playing mm-hmm. against Oregon, you've got to have somebody who can guard Pritchard. And I think Nico right. Mannion is the logical choice for that, for them. And I, I really do think it's kind of a tough spot for Oregon. Now they're taking the Arizona road trip. They're playing at Arizona State on Thursday night. And then the quick turnaround going to Tucson to play against Arizona. So 
definitely going to be a tough spot. And I do think you're probably looking at the right side there. Right. And the last game on the slate for the big teams is the, the Zags. The Zags are going to BYU. Uh, this is the later tilt that starts 9 o'clock Central, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern. So I don't know if you're going to stay up for this one action, but I will. Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully getting a group to the bar to check this one out. I'm on BYU here. I know that the Zags are the best team around. I mean, they're at the top of your metric. They're at the top of a lot of metrics. You're listing them as a two-point favorite on the road. But we're talking about elevation here, playing in uh, Provo. We're talking about a team that has size and experience you know how those BYU guys are. They're all like gone on mission, and they're like 35 years old. <laughs> um, so they've got some guys to match up with the size of the Zags. We'll see if they can shoot the ball. The last outing I saw them play last weekend wasn't that great. They did get the win against San Diego, but barely. Um, so I'm hoping they actually can get a little hotter when they're at home. Um, so I'm not sure what you think about this matchup with uh, BYU. Yeah, I have a hard time getting there with you on this one. I, I think that uh, Gonzaga is really the far superior team. In the first matchup, Gonzaga won over BYU 92-69. to And uh, yeah. I think that even with Yoli Childs back in the lineup, I know he's been playing a lot more recently for BYU. It's really just a tough matchup for them, and I I think that Gonzaga is going to come through and uh, kind of crush them on Saturday night, to be honest. I gotcha. Well, I got to lose some of them, but we'll see. I'll stick to my guns there. Okay. Hopefully they can just cover the number. I mean, two points is a pretty short number for the Zags, so hopefully it'll come out bigger yeah, than that. I, I um, think Ken Pop might be a little bit short on that number, too. I was kind of surprised to see that myself. Right. Uh, we've got a couple more games as we push into the week. We've got Louisville's going to Florida State on Monday, and uh, Florida State, is we're listing as a two-point favorite at home against Louisville. Louisville's a really good squad. You know, I know that's your pick to win the national championship, but they seem to be hitting a little bit of a slump as well. Um, Noara, their best player is, I don't know if he's at odds with the coach, but uh, there's been some issues there. Um, they haven't been scoring the ball nearly as well as they have early in the season. And as long, even though Florida State is a little further down the Ken Palm ranks than I would like to see them, I just like this team and their size. And the way they play, really good defensive team. I actually grabbed the future on them as well, uh, action at plus 3,300. Nice. Just because one of those teams that I know that they've been there before, at least you know Leonard Hamilton has been. And you know they're kind of underrated. So what do you think about that matchup against Louisville? Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think that you've got a good spot here with Florida State. Coming off of a game on Saturday, they, they're facing against North Carolina at home. And I'm sorry, uh, Louisville has North Carolina at home. Uh, right, North Carolina yeah, State. Right. Yeah, and then uh, Florida State's facing NC State, right? So um, mm -hmm. I do think that um, backing the home team in these Monday night games is usually the way to go, especially with the short travel between Saturday and the Monday night turnaround. And mm -hmm. Louisville certainly will have a tough time matching up against some of those Florida State wing players. Florida State plays really kind of a, a wing-only lineup occasionally where they switch all five guys on the floor and i think that is going to be uh, very difficult for this louisville offense to match up against you've got all five players can guard Nuara. so i do think that florida state is a good look in this one nice all right we agree on that one you've got another couple spots you got memphis at smu on tuesday uh smu is a three-point favorite according to us so far and Memphis has been slipping, so is that your take on this one, that Memphis has kind of fallen out of favor and now SMU is going to 
get this yeah win. i think this is really just a fade of memphis I, they've been overrated throughout this season and very poor against the spread so i'm going to be looking to back smu they're going to have edge in the rebounding margin as well they're 18th ranked on the offensive glass where you look at memphis who is only 239 and defending their backboards so i you know me i love those offensive rebounding teams and um, when you can get smu at home laying a short number here i'm gonna back them well that's good i don't think memphis is gonna make the tournament which is kind of funny because mm-hmm. people had them as like the number one team in america at one point but we know that Wiseman was the biggest reason why that is. So they still have pretty good players, but, you know, the AAC is pretty good. There's other teams like SMU or Cincinnati that can definitely get this team. So I like this spot. Um, the other matchup on Tuesday that you're eyeing is Kansas State at Baylor. Uh, this is more of a total play. The the, the total is 124. You think that's going to go under 124. Kansas State can't score, and Baylor plays pretty good defense. So is that the take right there? Yeah, and I mean, both of these teams pace 250, 289, respectively, and you're talking about this Baylor team who just really defends, and on the flip side, you're spot on. Kansas State has a very bad offense, ranked 181 on offense and 258 in offensive field goal percentage, so I think this adds up to a pretty easy slam dunk under, and uh, at 124, I'll be looking to go under. That a boy. I can see that. I haven't been playing a lot of totals, but I mean, that one certainly makes sense. The game I didn't put on here that I'm going to have you talk me out of, hopefully, is uh, the Colorado State Rams are going to San Diego State. Oh. And so, <laughs> I don't think the Aztecs are going to lose to the Rams, but the Rams have been playing pretty good basketball, so maybe they won't cover the number. But um, talk me out of taking my alma mater in that. Well, one. let's check and see what the number here is. <laughs> San Diego, this is a Saturday night tilt, Wags. No, it's a Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's a Tuesday at like 10 Central. I don't think I'll stay up for that, but I have watched them. They disappointed me. The Rams did disappoint me losing to Utah State last week. Uh, Sam Merrill came through in the clutch, 33 points in that one, or 32. So that was kind of their big game that they needed to win to stay tournament eligible or tournament, Mm -hmm. you know, relevant. Well, I'm just kind of seeing, hey, maybe they'll surprise the well, world here. Well, I've got a couple of notes here for you. First off, Ken Palm has San Diego State as 79-62 victors in this one. So definitely mm-hmm. a very large okay. number here. Yeah. And when you also look at the calendar, you've got a San Diego State team who will be heading into the sunset of the season right. where they're going to Reno the following Saturday and probably the biggest game left on their calendar. So could be a look-ahead spot here for the Aztecs, and I think if you're catching a number like that with the Colorado State team, who's really not that bad, um, no, no, very good on offense. They're only they're 41 ranked, and I know that San Diego State mm-hmm. plays some serious defense, but you could be going to the window with a right. worse team, that's for sure. Yeah, if I see you know 15, 16 points, maybe I'll uh, lock it up. Yeah. So who knows? But um, and, anyway. I just, I was. You know. San Diego State <laughs> has been coming out a lot of these games flat in the first half. Sure. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but I did throw a little bit of my cash on Boise in the first half, thinking that might come through. Mm-hmm. It did not, but I think that if you look at this game and see a big number in the first half, you could look to play the Rams that way as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. Of course, it'd be better if they're playing at Moby, they're playing at home, but, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, excellent. All right, well, that kind of ends our, our look-ahead spots for this week. We've got a lot of games there, for sure, to yeah. track. So 
Hopefully we'll do as well as we've done in the past, just to, you know, same percentage, just more games. Um, next week we're looking to get uh, Mr. Cola on to get some information, maybe about golf, but also about the tournament coming ahead. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to getting one of our favorite guests on the show. Yeah, definitely. I think he'll be looking to add a lot of college basketball knowledge as well, and hopefully we can get some golf talk in there too. Absolutely. we got to try to get his insights. He is the player pool champion, you know, he edged me out last year. I'm sure he'll mm-hmm. be able to gloat about that. But, um, yeah, we could talk a little bit about that pool, I guess, since we, you know, we're, we're all three of us are in it and how that works. It's kind of a fun way to approach the tournament in a different angle anyway. So yeah. action's got a good pool there. Looking forward to March. I can't believe it's around the corner already. So I know. Uh, it's, it's like that, you know. We've got a lot of studying to do before we uh, hit the real penultimate time of the season. That's right. I mean, three weeks, uh, Selection Sunday is three weeks from Sunday, so it's just around the corner. Uh, the tournament starts actually, I guess it's four weeks from today. Uh, no, four weeks from tomorrow. Four weeks from tomorrow. Uh-huh. A month from today, four weeks from tomorrow. So not the first four. I know everybody counts the first four. I don't, but um, you can still bet on the first four, of course. But uh, but yeah, so we're really getting the nitty-gritty about a month in, a month away from you know the big dance. So I'm looking forward to it. So. Definitely. All right. Well, that wraps up our show, episode 66. Thank you for following us. Uh, follow us at SideActionPod on Twitter. Follow me at uh, Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace out, America. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. Action Podcast, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made, as the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.